2: There is no need for a temple because God and Christ himself dwell there. And praise the Lord. You know what? We won't have to pay our monthly lease payments in those days. Praise God. Isn't that cool? We won't have to receive an offering any longer. And uh, we won't have to renegotiate every time our lease Uh, comes up for renewal. And so there's no need for the temple because God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwell therein. The systems
0: we live under in this world can sometimes feel oppressive. Debt and other financial or social obligations can become overwhelming. That won't be an issue in heaven. Even in this life, we can trust in our Father in heaven to provide for our every need. And as Pastor Mike will point out in today's message, in heaven, God's presence will be tangible. He's with us now, but we often miss it. That won't be possible there. We'll be constantly aware of His presence and provision. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation chapter 21 as he continues his message, God's New Age.
2: the abominable, or the polluted, that is, those who have allowed themselves to become stained and contaminated with the filthy evils of this world. And I would remind you, both the Old and New Testament alike, we are commanded by God to come out from among them and be ye separate. Listen, we, we worship and serve and fellowship and have communion with the holy God. And God expects his people to be holy as well. Then notice also the next group are murderers. And folks, that means exactly that. Now, ever since Cain murdered his brother Abel, the book of Genesis, there has been a growing disregard for human life. Men kill without the faintest flicker or fear of conscience. And so murderers won't be allowed to enter into that uh, kingdom. And then next is the Hooamongers, oh boy, the hooamongers. We definitely don't want to fall into that category. Well, these are fornicators uh, who regard lightly the rune of virtue. And I think of the days in which we live today where sexual promiscuity is so widely sanctioned. So those are the hooamongers, those who participate in sexual uh, fornication of any kind. And then the next group is sorcerers. Now, that word sorcerers is literally translated from the Greek word pharmakia, which is a reference to those who use drugs. So those who use drugs, drug users, will also not be able to enter into God's kingdom. But then notice also idolaters. And that would, of course, include those who worship idols and false gods. And then the last in that category is liars. And so the text here condemns all who make a lie, who speak and act out a lie. Okay, so go back to verse 8. What a sharp contrast. Think about this. Those are the individuals who will not be allowed to enter into God's kingdom, who will be thrown into the lake of fire, brimming uh, with fire and uh, brimstone. Uh, Think about the sharp contrast in relationship to New Jerusalem. And so God just puts it all out there. It's like really, a, it's sort of like a picture in a contrast for all of us to see. God is reminding us it's a choice that we have to make. How ridiculous to choose to rebel against God. Dare we gamble when the stakes are so high? So, something to, to think about. Well, let's go on. And that now brings us to our next point this morning, our fourth and final point, and that is New Jerusalem. So if you're taking notes, write this down New Jerusalem. And so now we'll get into an exposition of verses 9 through 27, the remainder of this uh, chapter. And so in verse 9, we read And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials. Remember, we were introduced to this group of angels who poured out the vials of judgment uh, during the seven years of uh, tribulation. And with the pouring out of each vial, there was a corresponding cataclysmic judgment that took place upon the face of the uh, earth. So that's the reference, the seven uh, angels with the uh, seven vials, uh, full of the seven last plagues that we've already talked about. And by the way, if you're here for the first time, welcome, thanks for joining us. Or if you haven't been around for the last couple of weeks, or maybe even the last couple of months, or you weren't here when we addressed the subject of the seven years of tribulation. Remember, all of our previous messages are archived up on our website in both audio and video format. And so you can just go back and you can just go over, you know, all of what we've covered up until this point, just bring you right up to date with all of what we've talked about in our previous uh, studies. Well, anyway, and... He talked with me, that is John, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife, who is what? The church. We are the bride of Christ, the Lamb's uh, wife. And so this new city of Jerusalem, this is the church's new residence during this period of time. Verse 10, And he carried me away in the spirit, to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And now, going forward, we have the description of this new city that comes down from heaven. Notice there in verse 11 first of all, having the glory of God, and her light was likened unto a stone, most precious, even a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So the city that's coming down from heaven, it's so brilliant, it's so bright as the light reflecting uh, off of a diamond. It's likened unto, uh, John sees it, he doesn't even know how to describe it. He, he, within his own uh, capacities and ability to be able to describe it as he sees this the city coming down from heaven. It was so brilliant. Uh, the light reflecting off of it was like a diamond. If you ever seen a diamond and the sun reflecting off of it, it's brilliant, it shines, and it's so bright. And uh, so he's describing it as best he could in in the capacity that he had in human uh, terms. And then notice also, he says, and it had a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates, so there were 12 entrances into the city, and at the gates there were 12 angels. So I guess these angels served sort of like... uh, uh, ushers into the city. They're they're sort of like greeters, like the greeters we have here at Harvest. That when you walk through the doors, you know they welcome you to to, to the, our service. And and uh, well, we'll have angels during that day to welcome us and and uh, give us a high five or whatever. You know, as we uh, walk through one of those gates, they'll be placed at each one of those entrances. Twelve angels, twelve uh, gates, and notice on those gates the names that were written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So at each gate, there was a name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Gad, uh, Benjamin, and so on and and so forth. And then in verse 13, and and by the way, this is going to be again where the church and the Old Testament saints inhabit this uh, city. And then in verse 13, on the east, three gates... On the north of this city, another three gates. And on the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. So 12 gates in all. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So these great foundational stones. And on each one of these great foundational stones was the name of one of the 12 apostles. And then in verse 15, And he that talked with me, had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And so this golden reed to measure the city, so it kind of give us an idea of its measurements. Notice there in verse 16, and the city lieth foursquare. So its dimension was sort of like a cube, and the length is as measured, uh, I'm sorry, and the length is as large as the breadth. Uh, or the width, and he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, or 1,500 miles. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal, and he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits. And by the way, uh, a cubit is the distance between an elbow and a fingertip, so just to kind of give you an idea. And so the found, uh, and so uh, he measured the wall thereof on 144 cubits, verse 17, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. So the walls are 200 feet high. Now, according to these calculations, I want you to think about this, kind of give you an idea of how great, uh, how large this, a city New Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, is according to these calculations, over 3 billion cubic miles are contained within this city. It's actually about the size of the moon, kind of give you a reference point. And if every person was given a cubic mile to occupy, it would accommodate over 3 billion people. So I want you to think about that. So, three billion people would be able to inhabit this city, and each one of those three billion people would occupy one square mile. And as a reference point, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Hoboken, New Jersey, how many of you are familiar with Hoboken, New Jersey, is known as the Miracle Mile. So, each one of you will have your own square mile to inhabit. Now I, I, I'm hoping that this is extremely encouraging uh, to all of you who live in close quarters. You know, here in Manhattan, you know, there's like four or five of you living in a one-bedroom apartment. You know, even if you're lucky, <laughs> the, the, the cost of uh, apartments here in New York City are, are uh, you know, very extravagant. But think about this: you'll be able to occupy one square mile. Three billion people will be actually able to uh, populate the the city that comes down from uh, heaven. Well, let's go on. And then in verse 18. And by the way, remember Jesus said that in my Father's house are many mansions. And so this happens to be one of those mansions that Christ has created for us. You see, Jesus himself is the architect of this new city of uh, Jerusalem. Well, the further description, verse 19. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And by the way, all of the stones that are mentioned here are the stones that are also contained within the breastplate of the priests in the Old Testament. And you can read about that in Exodus chapter 28. So what are these uh, stones that garnish these uh, walls of jasper, of precious stones? Well, the first foundation was jasper the second, sapphire, Uh, the third, chalcedony, Uh, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardis, the seventh, chrysopisus, the eleventh, adjacent, the twelfth, an amethyst. So again, these are the stones in the breastplate of the priest uh, in the Old Testament. I want you to think about this. The walls of uh, itself is of Jasper, and then they are adorned with all of these precious stones. So this is quite a, a, a sight. You know, I, I'm amazed, you know, truly, God is the architect of the, the, the city uh, uh, of New Jerusalem. You know, I'm amazed as, I, as you know, I travel around New York City, you know, just see the capacity that the builders have to put up these you know, high rises, so just absolutely amazing. There's one, especially down here in Hudson Yards, in our area right here, where the church is. You know, some of the new buildings that they put up, some of the high rises that they're still building, and uh, you know, it's just it's just amazing the the, the ability that uh, we have uh, to do that. Well, this is what we have here in New York City is going to be nothing in comparison to this new city of uh, Jerusalem, and then also notice the further description. And the 12 gates, that is the 12 entrances into the city, were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. So this isn't like a bunch of pearls, you know, stuck on top of one another to make up this one gate. This is of one uh, pearl, each gate. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were Transparent glass. So the streets of the new city of Jerusalem is paved of gold. And uh, think about that. Uh, once again, it's gold to such a pure state. I mean, we don't even have that technology to purify gold to that uh, state. You know, when I read this, just something that I that I have been thinking about. You know, during the week, you know how foolish we are to think that we need to support God and God's program. You know, let's help out the old boy, you know, to give, you know, and give faithfully, as we encourage you to do, right? But you know what? God is more than able and adequate uh, to take care of uh, the things that needs to be taken uh, care of. You know, some pastors would have you to believe that, you know, God is bankrupt, that God can't get the job done on on his own. And uh, like we need to help out the old, uh, old boy. Listen, God gives us the opportunity and the privilege to be able to invest in his kingdom, in the things of the kingdom, in the building of the church, in the preaching of the gospel. It's a privilege to be able to give. But God certainly doesn't uh, need us uh, to give. Well, verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, are the temple of it. Now, John, being a good Jew, right, he's looking around. Remember, this is all new to him. This is a vision that he's receiving. He's caught up in the Spirit as he receives this revelation and this vision. And John, being a Jew, is looking around for the temple. You know, this was something that was ingrained in the mind of a a Jew. Because the Jew, uh, remember, uh, as it related to uh, worship, It was a place to meet and worship God. But notice, as he's looking around, there's no temple. And so there is no need for a temple because God and Christ himself dwell there. And praise the Lord. You know what? We won't have to pay our monthly lease payments in those days. (laughs) Praise God. Isn't that cool? We won't have to receive an offering (laughs) any longer. And uh, we won't have to renegotiate every time our lease uh, comes up for renewal. And so there's no need for the temple because God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwell therein. And then in verse 23, now this is another chief feature of the new city of Jerusalem, not only of the new city of Jerusalem, but the entire new heaven and earth. Notice what it says there in verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon. Now, what's the chief features of the sun and the moon? To give light, to shine in it. Why? There's no need. Because the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So think about the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ reflecting off of those precious stones that are contained within the walls of Jasper in the city of Jerusalem. And therefore, there's no need of the sun. Because Jesus Himself will be the light of that city. Hey, listen, gang! In those days, there's not going to be any energy crises. You don't have to worry about your uh, lights going out, uh, you know, during a hurricane or whatever those sorts of things. We will never have to face those kinds of situations ever again. And then in verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall be in no wise enter into it. Here again, it serves up a warning as we close out chapter 21. And there shall be no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or make a lie. But then, on the other hand, so those are, again, a reference to those who will not be allowed to participate in God's new age, new kingdom. But then, on the other hand, God will not refuse any who come to him through Christ. That is, putting our faith in him, accepting him as our Lord and Savior. And if you do that, you will be saved. Realizing He died on our behalf, in our place, on the cross, to cleanse us from our sin. So if we'll just accept His sacrifice, you, myself, will stand righteous before God and be allowed to enter into this wonderful city. Notice there in verse 27. But they, I hope that's each and every one of you, but they, these are the ones who will enter into God's new kingdom, who will be able to enter into that new city of Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, but they, these are those who will participate, which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so I guess I need to close out this morning's service with a question, and that is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? How can you be sure? Sure. Well, simply, we need to make our decision for Christ today. Now, listen, I don't know everyone that's participating in this morning service, particularly those of you who are watching online. And I hope that you've already made that decision. But if you haven't, hey, listen, there's still time to do exactly that. You say, how do I do that? By just inviting Christ to come and be the Lord and Savior of your life, to simply ask him to forgive you of your sin, to give you to this new birth of the Spirit to give you the strength to live your life now for him, to live a completely new life. And then all of what we've been talking about, all of these wonderful promises can be yours. But it all begins in receiving Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And here's the best news uh, uh, so And that is Jesus himself said in John's gospel, whosoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So you can come to him exactly the way that you are with all of your sin with all of your excess baggage it doesn't matter what you've done in the past Jesus will accept you exactly the way that you are if you embrace him if you invite him to come and forgive you of your sin that'll be the beginning of the focal point of God beginning to do that work within you changing you from the inside out won't you make that decision for him today
1: God help you Father's house there's a place for me in my father's house where I long to be.
0: oh my that's all we have time for on this edition of in my Father's house did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship, too. Check harvestnyc.org for service times. You can reserve your seat by clicking on Contact and then the Register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live-streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to join us in praying for all those listening to Pastor Mike's teachings. Please pray for open hearts and open ears to hear and accept truth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us today. We look forward to our continuing study of Revelation next time here on In My Father's House.
1: There's a place for me.